0: hey what's going on everyone welcome back to another episode of doable discipleship we are the show that helps you grow i am your co-host brandon robinson and today i am joined by the usual you're
1: making that See, sound Jason. like it's like it's like a label the usual <laughs> you know you know others in history had like I'm sir richard the Lionheart. Or they had you know, noble names, but no, it's like Jason the Usual. So you know what? I'll take it. That's fine. I'll adopt it. Uh, how's it going, Brandon?
0: I'm doing well. Well, I wasn't going to start with Usual, but I was going somewhere because I was going to set it up that we have Whatever. a very, very special guest today that I'm really excited to have on our podcast. Uh, he is Santos Swamidas. Santos, tell us a little bit about you who you are, how you're connected to Saddleback. Um,
2: yeah, give, give us a
0: little taste of who you are.
2: Yeah, well, first of all, Jason, uh, Brandon, thank you so much for having me. It's it's an honor to be here with you guys. Thanks for uh, being here, man. We're absolutely. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, so, I'm actually a pastor, um, the pastor of uh, the campus pastor for Saddleback Your Belinda. It's uh, one of our newest campuses, and we're coming up on three years. It has been such a joy to be part of the the Saddleback family and what we're doing. And um, a little bit about myself. I feel really uh, excited about this topic because this is something that, uh, as we talk about God and science, uh, this has been part of my faith journey. Uh, I actually grew up with many uh, science uh, people in my family uh, even to this day, uh, my uh, my wife's family, my family, we have a lot of doctors, a lot of PhDs, a number. I mean, we we have biomedical engineers, and professors, but we also have a lot of uh, a lot of pastors in the family. So this topic of science and religion, it's uh, very familiar to me, and it's it's something I love to talk about. It's been part of my journey. I studied computer engineering, so uh, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a doctor. These are things that I love. Uh, but my passion for God also has led me uh, to where I am today. But I don't think that it's uh, that I have to leave that part of myself uh, out of this. So, again, thanks for letting me come and, and, and be part of this conversation with you today.
1: I just imagine yeah, the conversations great. around your table at Thanksgiving and your family are <laughs> just super deep, super interesting, you know. Not like mine, where sometimes food gets thrown, you know, it's, it's a Uh-oh.
2: little <laughs> We're We're a normal family, but yeah, we do have some really interesting <laughs> conversations too. Uh, <laughs> and not everybody agrees. And that's part of it. It's, it's okay that we disagree. We love each other. And, and I think I've been able to learn together how we can disagree about some of these things, but still love each other through it. And I think uh, that's my hope for everybody as we go through this is learning how to do that better. That's funny. That's cool. Yeah, that's 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 so good. Um, Tosh mentioned it.
0: We're talking about God and science. Safe. You guys have been tracking with us. We have gone through uh, a number of different topics. We talked about hard questions. We talked about why do bad things happen to good people? Is God a Republican or Democrat? Um, Today, we're talking about God and science. And Tosha, I kind of want to lead off with you. Um, and let's just get straight to the point, right? The reason why you guys are all here. Can you be a Christian and believe in science? How do these two things play together? Is it one or the other? What is
2: it? Yeah, you know, that's such a good question, because I think that really speaks to the heart of a lot of people who are confused about some of these things. And and yeah, cutting right to the chase. Yes, you absolutely can be a christian and believe in science and uh we'll talk more in the depths of it but i mean there's actually a immense history of many scientists groundbreaking scientists many who have laws written after them um, who are devout followers of jesus many who actually believed that their understanding of the natural world and science came from a um, their, their pursuit of God and their pursuit of truth. So I actually, um, I actually believe that you can be a greater scientist if you have a true search, um, for what is, is, is absolute and true and it, and it helps you.
1: Yeah, I think, I think that's exactly right. And I think the same is true in, if you look at it the opposite way too, is you can be a scientist and believe in Jesus, you know, right? It, it it works both it works both ways. Yeah. Um and so yeah, I think ultimately what we're talking about is is the search for understanding in truth, right? And as a Christian, we believe that God is true is is the ultimate truth, the ultimate bearer of truth, and we can see the world through that truth. And science is just a way to help us understand and see how God works a little bit more in detail, a little bit more in depth, right? Um, yeah. And so I think, I think it's important to kind of give a little bit of a history lesson because there is this kind of understanding, or I should say, this misunderstanding, or this feeling that that science and faith are in conflict. And some of that is probably due to Dan Brown's books, but there, but it goes back a lot farther than, than that, right? Is we can go all the way back to like the 1600s, right? And you can look at how in, uh, it was February 13th, 1633, you had Galileo, he's brought to Rome to face charges of heresy. of of heresy because and it's all because he said that the earth moves around the sun and not vice versa in other words he was promoting a heliocentric view of the solar system um whereas as the church at the time was putting the earth at the center they said god made made the earth for a special reason he made people on the earth so obviously the earth should is the focal point of all things and um well Spoiler alert! They were wrong, and (laughs) um, thanks to (laughs) microscopes. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) exactly. Thanks (laughs) to telescopes, and thanks to you know a lot of a lot more um, um, scientific discovery that's been proven true. But but you can look and try to understand what was going on, right, is the church was trying to project this idea, this understanding, this construct of truth that made humankind the focal point of, of of all things. and And because the church said it, the church did not want to be seen as being false or incorrect or anything at the time. So any that was possibly saying the church was incorrect or was promoting a view different than what was understood by the church at the time was seen as an attack, as a threat to Christendom at the time, right? And so they were taking these very harsh actions in trying to say, no, we're right and you're wrong. And so that just created this whole... um, the feeling that there's a conflict and that's still continued and lingered through the centuries. There's been different iterations of this. And even still today, there is this belief on both sides still that these things cannot equally coexist.
0: Uh, And I was going to say, like when, when, when this happens, for instance, back in the 17th century, like when when Christians take such a hard stance to the point where they're bringing someone on charges of heresy, what it does is it it, it forces a pressure on everyone else. You got to pick a side to clear your line. Where, where do you stand? Um, and it doesn't leave any room for the middle ground. It doesn't leave any room for a little bit of gray area to say, you know what? I'm not quite sure how this all works together. Um, and when that happens, when you're forced to just pick a side, Quickly, it it actually keeps you from looking at situations and different things critically, um, because it, it's it's telling you declare your side and that's the end of it. Um, but when we can say, you know what, I'm not sure, that opens it up for someone to say, okay, I want I have more questions. I want to ask about this. I want to think critically about this. That can lead to truth and greater intimacy with each other.
1: Well, and it's important to note that that a lot of this feeling of having to say we're right and this is the law and you can't say otherwise or even posit otherwise or think otherwise that's all based in fear it's this fear Mm -hmm. that that um that people are going to say that the faith is wrong or that there could be an uprising of well if you know if this is wrong what else is the bible wrong about or or what else am I being told that isn't true? And so for them, it was the start of this slippery slope and they it was it, it's all based out of fear. And even today that's something that we can struggle with ourselves. even if we're talking in and somebody is telling us this deep stuff about science and atoms and they're coming from a position that they don't believe that God exists and I mean we can look at the science, we can oftentimes get defensive and fearful and it can lead to you know not the best approach in having a conversation yeah. because you're feeling like you're being put you know on on edge on
2: alert yeah and jason i like the way that you put that i think that's true there, there's a deep fear that if we hear something that maybe doesn't fit with what our what our notion was with what god was saying in the bible there's a fear maybe it's going to upend the value the truth of scripture But the truth is, even when we look back to that very famous uh, historical example, um, it doesn't upend anything in Scripture. It doesn't cause a problem at all. Um, And so, but there's sometimes a lot of things that we we put onto Scripture, our own biases and beliefs, and then we hold on to that. It's not necessarily what God was saying, but we hold it as it is Scripture. And that's why they went after him and saying heresy. And um, you know, it, it is a very important um, and well cited. It's something uh, example that we look at. Um, but I think it's also important when we look at science to remember that uh, science is the discovery of truth. That's what it should be. Good science is a good methodology to discover truth, and and that is actually what God has asked us to do. Now he doesn't necessarily say you all must be scientists, but he says, I want you all to be seekers. That is something that he he wants all of us. Actually, I would say a good follower of Jesus is a good seeker. And so, and always in every area looking for truth, but also as we seek truth, as we step forward one step at a time, Different things are unveiled when we talk about the scientific community. There are a lot of things that the scientific community has gone back and forth on, or had more understanding on. Uh, you, you know, um, uh, Gregor Mendel, he is uh, the father of genetics, and back in the time when he came up with this idea of recessive and dominant genes, looking at these peas. By the way, he was essentially a monk. So this is again. We see the the history of uh, a lot of science in the hard sciences coming out of the church, which is actually really interesting as well. Um, at that time, he didn't understand genetics because science could only tell us what we can observe. You need to be able to observe and measure. At that point, they didn't. They weren't able to observe the genetic code, and so now we have far more uh, in depth tools that allow us to see actually what our um, you know the different components of the genetic code. How do we analyze it? And and we get deeper and deeper into different areas as we go farther. And that's something that we have to also be comfortable with, not just jumping out and saying, "Oh no, this is science, and I'm afraid of it." But okay, let's see what it's saying.
1: You touched on something that I wanted to make sure we were we were super clear on because it's so good. Is that science is just looking for the discovery of truth. It's just trying to peel back more layers of the onion of our understanding. I think a lot of people think that the goal of science is to try to disprove God or to prove that we do not need god in order to exist but that is not the goal of science now there may be some scientists who would say that that is their goal but that is not the goal of science as a medium is is the goal is just trying to shed light on that which had not been fully known
2: yeah Um, and you know i think part of the reason that we have that um that fear is because there are some very loud prominent people who, who try and make that case. I mean, for instance, Richard Dawkins, he's a very loud scientist, which I who I disagree with on a number of things. And he would say that science um, is incompatible with with religion. You cannot believe in God and science. That's what he would say. Mm -hmm. And because he's a very loud person to say that, that is part of the narrative, that you can't be an intelligent person and be a follower of God. And that's completely untrue. You know, I, I love uh, Psalm 19, 1 to 4. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. They, they, they speak to us. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the end of the world. And, and I, I really believe that as we study the natural world, as we study all sorts of truth, it actually declares the beauty, the glory, uh, the creative um, ability of our God. It points us to him. So yes, I I would agree with you, Jason. Many people would actually, I mean, some loud scientists who are atheists, who have an agenda will say, you cannot be a scientist. You cannot believe in science and also believe in God. But that's just completely untrue. That's not the goal of science, as you said,
1: yeah, and yeah. and we should acknowledge too that there are some loud Christians who would say that we shouldn't believe in science either that it's just you know that it's that it's all to <laughs> trying to tempt you to not believe in God there are and again, that's not that common right. that's not very common, but that that there are some people who who do have a loud voice in that vein too, yeah.
2: <laughs> Yeah, and then yeah, that's yeah. the way the world works, right? The people who are on the fringes, who are loud—that one, that's those are the people who get heard the most. But, but that's not where truth lies often.
0: <laughs> yeah, it often doesn't. The loudest voices don't get to speak for the whole of anything. Um, so, with that said, thinking about science, how, how should we engage with science? And I want to put a few things forward, but I want to put this first: with humility. We should humbly engage with science. Here, here Here's what I mean, right we We know now 21st century, right? We know now that we can change the way we think, that we can change the neurons in our brain. there's we can create new neural pathways. It's called neuroplastic plasticity, right? We, we're not all brain surgeons, but but we can Google. we know this. <laughs> this is this is common knowledge now. Um, but what's interesting to me, is that centuries and centuries before, Paul is writing to the Roman church and saying, hey, you guys, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. He also writes in Philippians 4, 8. He says this, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Now, what's interesting to me is we, we know that Paul wasn't a brain surgeon. We, we, we know that he was an apostle. He planted churches. We know that he was a tent maker. He worked with his hands, right? But he there's something in him that innately knows what we think about, changes us. It changes our outlook, and it ultimately changes our behavior. We, he, he he knows this almost instinctually. Therefore, he writes with the, with the inspiration of God, he writes these, these words. My point being is this. You don't have to be a brain surgeon, or you don't have to be an apostle. We can see how science and what God writes in his word, God's word, are compatible. And when we come to it as it with, with, uh, with the mindset of, I'm coming in, I'm coming in hot, I'm coming in guns blazing, I'm coming with pride, with hubris, when, when we have these type of attitudes, we miss out on th- some of these links, right, that we can see now, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. Paul was right. He was right when he was saying these to the churches. This makes sense because what you think about does in fact change your behavior. It does in fact change you, Um, And now we have scientific terms to put behind that because we had the technology and understanding to do that. Um, But these things are not at odds with each other. And when we come arrogantly to this conversation, we get to actually miss some of these really cool connection points that we see within God's Word and we see within science and see how science is actually revealing to us what God has said in His Word. It's science is actually giving us a deeper understanding of the beauty of what God has created, right? Toast what, what you just said, what the verse she read about the heavens declaring the glory of God, the skies proclaiming the work of his hands. God's creation is, in, a, in essence, is speaking to what God has created. It's speaking to his wisdom. It's speaking to his creativity. And through science, we get to see how this works. So we need to come humbly um, to this conversation, to this space. And I think even expectantly going, okay, I, I might be surprised in a really good way. Um, this actually might give me greater understanding into how God has created the intention with what God has created and the love that, uh, with, with how God has created. What are some other ways that we should engage with science?
2: Yeah, actually, Brandon, before you move off that, I, I just I love that idea of humility coming to science. And I think you yeah. can absolutely approach it from a non-scientific point of view. OK, how do I come to it? But it's actually a core tenant of of science. when we do the scientific method, we should approach it with humility, meaning the opposite of humility is pride. It's coming in saying I already know the answer. And, and the scientific method is built to root that out. And, some, and that's where bad science comes in, is where you bring in biases. And what we're trying to accomplish is getting rid of biases that lead to bad data and bad conclusions. Because the problem is if we don't have humility, we just wanna see things the way that we've, we've already seen it or, or we wanna prove what I already thought, my hypothesis. And it's it's so important whenever we seek truth to come in with a mindset and a willingness to say, look, I don't know everything, but I desire to know what is true. And so, and again, that, that applies from when it comes to scripture, when it comes to pursuing God, but it absolutely applies to good scientists as well. And so it it goes to this idea that there is no scientific truth and religious truth. There is, there is truth. And, and the idea that all truth is God's truth. And Jason, I like what you said. I think you said it's sort of like science. It helps us unravel what truth is out there. And I, I sort of look at it like science is catching up and just revealing more of God's truth that has always been there. Now, he doesn't always, he, he doesn't explain all of it in, in the Bible. That's not the point to explain, you know, how um, particles move and all this other stuff. He's not trying to get into the book of, of science and nature and all that. But there are so many times that we see. Oh, I never realized that this scientific principle. Now I link it back to what God says, and it actually does apply. Like what you just did, Brandon. I love that. That did, I mean, maybe I'm a little weird, but I love it when those things happen because it just shows, man. God already knew the truth. He already had it. You know, and now we're just we're just catching up. We're just learning more.
1: Yeah, it's like it's like you can go back through in the Old Testament and read a lot of these rules that God was giving to, you know, Israel at the time. And you may think, man, that seems rough. That's a lot of stuff. But now you can actually look back and say like, Oh, that's just common medical advice, you know, to stay healthy that, you know, if you don't, if you don't read it in that lens, you go, that seems weird. But now if you read it through the lens of actual like, health knowledge you go oh okay that makes sense i'm glad they did that
2: <laughs> it, it's cool man That's it's not what... like they knew germ theory back in uh you know no old israel time so uh yeah <laughs> it, it's so cool but you know I, well, one thing when we approach the science with humility that is really important i think in our in our culture right now too is is understanding that it's not just about having the right knowledge or answer because i think we we live in a culture right now that says look if you have the right answer you can yell it as loud as you want and call everybody else names and say that they're just foolish and and many more harsh words. You don't even have the right answer. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like for some reason you can do that. (laughs) Well, yeah, that definitely happens as well. But I think that people feel justified if they have the right answer to do that. But first Corinthians 13 too. man, I um, you know, in our home, we we've been talking about this a lot too. It says, if I have the gift of prophecy, And I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge that that's okay. That's pretty smart. All right. And if I have a faith that can move the mountains, but do not have love, I'm nothing. And God says, look, if you have all wisdom, if you have all knowledge, if you know everything, but you don't share it in love, which is, you have to have humility to do that. If somebody is wrong in front of you, or if you believe they're wrong, you don't show it in love, then you are wrong. And I think we've lost that. And I saw approaching with humility. I, I love that you brought that up because it's so critical. Um, it, it's critical to understand truth, but it's also in, it's so um, critical for sharing and conveying truth. Yeah. yeah,
1: agreed. So as we said, let's we approach science with humility, with with a posture um, of humility. But we also want to approach it critically, right? We don't want to just assume that all science is good science or that science is always moving in a good way right and a good example of this is with eugenics is an example from the early 1900s especially this kind of this idea started to take off which was just is this idea of making the world or or at that time more so a specific country um a a better place by guiding the course of human reproduction and you know by a a quote-unquote purifying the gene pool Um, so basically you would say, yeah, we want to make sure that people with, you know, the good genes, the best genes, the fittest people are the ones that are having more kids. And if you don't fit that type, then you should not be able to have kids. And let me tell you, uh, I'm not going to go into all the details of what was happening in the early 1900s. But if you read about it, there's some crazy stuff happening uh, in different places of the world. Even here in the United States, uh, just read about Minnesota at this time, and uh, it is uh, frightening to say the least. Um, but here, here's the thing: so, so if you, if if you're just taking science at face value, then you might say. I can I can kind of understand that. Or you're thinking survival of the fittest. We want to, you know, people to be the healthier, you know, that they, I can I can kind of see that. But that's where as a Christian we need to go, wait a second, <laughs> slow down here. Because as a Christian, we we approach things from looking at how God made people. And and we can go all the way back to Genesis, where it says, then God said, Let us make mankind in our image. In our likeness, yeah. and you can see all throughout Scripture the value that God places on humans of all kind, um, of of all degrees of "quote unquote" fit, and that God loves each and every person he um, that He has ever made, and so there is, you know, so 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 approaching a topic like eugenics with this idea of that there are some people who are better than others is at its face value unbiblical. It is, it is not, it is not a God way of approaching, um, our understanding of a people. And so, so that in and of itself writes it off and then you look at the ways that they thought they had taught about going about achieving this process of eugenics and even more so you go uh, no yeah. <laughs> that is not good all around and so these are places and at the time even in the early 1900s there were christian scientists who stood up and go and said hold up hold up hold up hold up uh we should not be engaging with this. We should not be doing this. This is, this is bad. This is, this is completely against God. And we need to uh, pretend, you know, or say that this is never happening and will never happen. Uh, yeah. 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 You
2: know, uh, uh, go ahead, man. I mean, Jason, when you bring that up, I mean, it's it's just harrowing when you read what's, what has happened. And this isn't something that was just a small theory so it's the idea which comes out of a scientific understanding about genetics i mean when you, in, in survival of the fittest okay you have you know different 10 gazelle in in the <laughs> um, who are um, in in the wild and the ones who are faster and stronger are going to survive so it it um, helps that species get stronger and better. It's this idea of making the herd better. Now, this is an interesting thing with science. That's a, you, you can understand how that works. Right. And, and there's scientific um, elements and truth that you pull out of it. Now, what you do with it is different. And so what you're talking about is this idea, eugenics, um, uh, it, it's like you said, it's this idea, how are we going to make the human race genetically more superior than it was before? And we're going to, we're going to, um, from a governmental or some a political way, we're going to actually um, try and convey, uh, we're going to try and manipulate it to get the strongest ones to survive and get rid of the weak uh, ones in our society. Now, what they're doing is they're assigning worth and value to people. And that's what science cannot do. Science yes. cannot tell anybody what their worth is. That's right. what God says about us. That is, like you said, I mean, it's, um, we've been created by, with the image of God. And so um, now I'm not saying that if you believe in survival of the fittest, then you naturally you're going to believe in eugenics. That's just not true because that is not scientific. It's just that is a philosophy based upon um, the scientific idea that we as the human, I mean, that, that we can make a better race. Now, it's true. If you were to manipulate it, we could become maybe stronger or whatever, but as a, as a, as a race. But that's led to, I mean, for those who know the history of eugenics, I mean, that's, that was a big platform and philosophy of Hitler. Um, Margaret Sanger, when you look at this stuff, it's, it's killed millions upon millions of people, this idea. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it translates in so many different ways um, when, we take, um, when we start putting the, the value of people, for instance, in this case, um, into the hands of science and take yeah. out the morality that God gives us. Yeah, Tosh, I thought you brought up.
0: Ahead, oh, I'm sorry, I, Tosh. I, I thought you brought up a really good point there. You, you you talked about the philosophy that came out of science, so it's not even necessarily necessarily that science is telling you this is what you then should do. It's people saying this is what we've seen in the genetic code because now we can read this. Therefore, we should be doing. X, Y, and Z, right? Yeah. That's, there's, that's people reading into the science and saying, this is how we then should utilize what we've learned. That is not necessarily what science is telling us we should do. And I think that distinction is really important because whenever we're looking at science, we're going to be pulling out of it from our own social like where we exist socially right like whether what class we come from ethnicity ethnicity all culture background all these things shape and form us and we bring this to our understanding of science and when we do that the danger is what you just described you get a group of people that are going wait a second this is what it is telling us this is what we can do about her. This is, what we, this is what we can do in light of it. And that's not always the right thing to do as we see right. with eugenics. Um, so it's important to know, it's not that science is telling people, this is what you should do. It's people pulling out of the science for their own gain. it's usually for their own power and
2: economic gain. Yeah, I think there's a really important, and so Brandon, as you bring that up, it's actually something that we can use as, as we look at science to not be so afraid of it is to understand when people say this is what the science tells us that we have to do there's usually something beyond that because science isn't telling us what to do necessarily it's telling us what is so i mean if we look at okay this is the truth about this how genetics work that doesn't tell us what we should do with it um it, it might say if we want to make the genetics of the human race better then we will do that but that's a premise that we don't all accept so it's we have to understand what the premise is, and that is, science is not saying you have to do that. And a lot of times when you hear people say, well, you don't believe science because you're not doing this, that doesn't always match up. Um, because there might be scientific fact, but you believe in a different philosophy of what you're trying to accomplish yeah
1: yeah i think that's a and i think we can even take the next step and 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 make that case how science in and of itself is not bad or evil now there may be people who think that it is but it's not it's all science is is science it's and that goes back to everything that we were just doing is is it's how people want to use science is you can use it to do evil is you can use it or um, manipulate it uh, for yeah. with an evil intention or philosophy or you know nefarious purpose whatever it is. But that doesn't mean that, sci- that the science itself is inherently bad because it's it's not.
2: Yeah, I mean it's like many things. I mean you can talk about somebody's hands. I mean those aren't inherently good or bad. I mean, we're glad that we have them. We can use it to actually serve people, to help bandage people up. We can help um, use our hands to do incredible things, to give things to others. Or we can use it as fists and to beat people and to steal. It depends on who the person is using it. If the person is not connected to a sense of morality, ultimately, I believe that God gives, then then yes, they're going to do evil things or wrong things with their hands. And it's the same thing with science um i'm not actually i wouldn't even say that science is what would lead to that it's again what we were talking about it's their conclusions of what they should do because of the truth that they've experienced mm-hmm. and and i would say there's not science isn't bad um, or good um I, I actually i i like the discovery of things i think it, there's a lot of good that does come out of it um and it's a tool that God has given us um to explore and to learn so i i i sort of lean towards science actually is good but here's the difference um, there can be good science or bad science. Yeah. where people do it inaccurately and again with bias and other and preconceived notions and built on pre, uh, presuppositions that aren't really um, based in truth, and that leads to poor results as well. Um, but I, I would agree with you, it's um, th- there's no morality in science. Mm. Yeah, that's a
1: good point. So Atosh, why don't you talk to us about the about another way that we can uh, approach?
2: yeah, science. Well, you know, I think another way that's, that's important is, is to look at science and approach it as an act of worship. You know, uh, Jesus in Matthew uh, 22, 37, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And, and I think there's something about exploring and learning and, and diving in and using the mind that God has given us to understand the world that he's put around us. And I think when we do that, man, we can actually experience more beauty Uh, We can experience uh, and and apply it in in science and technology in ways that helps people. Again, it goes back to what we were just talking about. If we are doing it as an act of worship, man, science and technology can be an incredible gift. It can be used and it has been used in ways to serve people um, throughout the world. Um, And and again, that's part of the reason if you look at the history, um, so much science in, in its roots has actually come out of the church. Um, and, and people actually get really um, bothered by that when they hear that right now, because they, they think, no, science and religion, man, they're so far apart. Like you have a totally different mind of thinking. Well, I mean, just go look at uh, some. I mean, you know, Mendel and, um, and Pascal and, um, and so many people were so deeply rooted in their church. But they thought of it as an act of worship to use their mind to explore what they can as a gift to use that to serve others, to help others, to promote um, the benefit to others, but also just to say, God, you've given me this mind. I want to explore and know more about this natural world around around me and give you glory for it. Yeah, that's, that's so good.
0: And I think that's a concept that might be foreign to us. Right? I, I've actually been in situations or environments where it was almost, it seemed like it was frowned upon. Like, don't use your mind too much, because if you use your mind too much, that's actually a lack of faith. Um, and that's, that's just not true. And we see in Scripture, that's not what Jesus tells us. He says... Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. In in essence, he's saying, with all of who you are, love me. Um, And I think seeing, approaching science through, I'm using my mind, I'm stretching my mind, I'm exercising my mind. And this is an act of worship, because this is a mind that God has given me. Um, That is complete, I think that approach will not lead us to pride. That approach leads us to the humility and allows us, right, to use our mind to think critically when we are presented with different findings in science, right? Because we have a worldview, we have a God, we have the spirit of God that lives inside of us that leads us into all truth. And if he leads us into all truth, he can, he can show us and teach us how to use that truth for the benefit of the world. Like you were saying, like with the, um, uh, the hand illustration, right? Like our, we can use our hands to bring healing. We can use our hands to give and to serve and to build in great ways, or we can weaponize our hands and use it to strike. Um, but when we think about loving the Lord our God with our mind, we can use what we find in science to bring healing, to bring, to join God in restoring and redeeming the world. And I think that's a incredibly beautiful point. Um, That I don't want us to miss, your mind is not in opposition to your heart. Your mind's not in opposition to your faith. Um, It's a part of it. And God is saying, no, bring it all to me. Get curious, ask questions, seek, (laughs) find, because I think when we do that with the right motivation, we're going to find Jesus. We're going to find
2: truth. Uh, And we don't have to be scared of that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so important. And I, I don't mean to say that everybody needs to become a scientist. Everybody has to go into the hard sciences. I'm, I'm not saying that, but there are people who that is what God has shaped them to be. Yes. And don't in any way feel ashamed of that um, or or feel like you have to shy away from God because of that. I mean, there are so many people that I admire who are in those sciences And and they they absolutely love the Lord and they and they use their mind to the best of their ability to help others. And it's a beautiful thing. Um, And I think all of us, it's it's what God has told us to love him with all of what we are. And now I I think it goes back to the humility thing as well when we when we approach it um, as an act of worship. Because if I'm using science to just gather more knowledge and it's like a stick and I'm just using it to beat people down and say, I'm smarter than you. That's not humility. That's not loving. That's not an act of worship. But when I'm using my when I'm gathering this information, I'm learning and I'm growing Then I can use as a stick to help others up in their understanding and, and to explore more things and see the beauty of God that to me is amazing. And that's what God wants us to do because everything we do should be committed to him. And God says, nothing we do in his name will be in vain. And that's a beautiful promise that he gives us.
1: Yeah. And that's a, a perfect lead into what we kind of, end these conversations with now we still, we still have the doables coming, but in this series for, is this, I get ask, we always kind of want to acknowledge that you may be having hard conversations with others right now. Now, this question of science and religion, it may be a question that you have, but it could also be a question that somebody else is asking you about because they know that you are a Christian and they may go, you know, start to want to pick your brain on this one. And so, so how do we engage with, with with other people Um, whether it's with other believers or with unbelievers, and it it goes back to what we've said, I think probably every episode in this series, is that you always engage each other in love, right? And there's some tips and some facts that we want to make sure that you are reminded of. First is that you can be a follower of Jesus and you can disagree on scientific theory. That's okay. Is you can disagree with some of the conclusions that may have been reached in different views of science. That's okay. Is you can have disagreements and you can still even have a civil loving conversation and relationship um, about it. And guess what? That's okay. (laughs) one thing that I would encourage you is if you are having this conversation with somebody else and you're having you know, this back and forth, is take the time to do it together, research together, dialogue with each other together, right? Be humble in what you know and what you don't know. Seek wise counsel. Reach out to others who you may know are a bit more knowledgeable in these areas than you are, right? And always, always, always be in prayer as you're engaging with this. Because as we said in the Bible episode last week, is is we should be loving God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength in partnership with the Holy Spirit. So that includes as you are learning about science and researching, is you should be doing it with the Spirit. Another big tip is don't presume. Don't presume that a person who is taking a specific scientific position is anti-Bible. You don't presume that the Bible necessarily takes your position on science, right? Um, so take the time and do the research, right? Don't be somebody uh, who thinks that the sun revolves around the earth just because you was, you presume that humans are, are the focal point of the universe. Um, so take the time and go in and actually... You know, spend time in in the Bible. If you have a question, see okay. Is this something that the Bible talks about at all, or is there stuff that I can infer based on what the Bible is talking about? And then be in prayer about it and have conversations about it with others. Um, finally, no matter who you are engaging with, whether they are Christians or not, you as a Christian have the responsibility of being kind and being humble and being respectful. Um, there are a numerous uh, debates that you can go and watch online between um, well-known and well-regarded Christian thinkers who are scientists also, in many cases, um, where they are debating um, atheists um, who are scientists. And you can watch those debates, and it's usually very clear which side is taking a humble and respectful and kind approach in which side is usually attacking. I'm just telling you from experience in watching many of these debates. And the one thing that is that is important for the Christian is that we are called as followers of Jesus to be always being respectful and humble and kind in our conversations, even mm-hmm. if somebody is not being like that back to you. Um, <laughs> are there any other tips on engaging with others that either of you guys want to share? Tosh?
2: Yeah, I, I think those are so good. And, and a part part of it is the mindset, to be honest. I, I remember when I was in high school, man, I was zealous. I was going after it. And I was, I was saying, okay, man, I'm going to tell people what's right. And um, man, I remember telling people and, and I, I would be, debate people about science and, and God and about, um, about evolution and other things like that. And, and I remember sometimes I'd I, I enjoyed what I studied. I mean, uh, so I, I would sometimes have to explain the scientific theories to people and then tell them why certain things are not right. And, and it, let me tell you, I won those debates, but I never won the hearts of people. It never worked. And I, and I had to learn a lot through that. By God's grace, um, I, I did learn. And even those people that I debated with. Um, God had a lot of grace, but what I realized is that if you're not loving and if it's just about the knowledge, it doesn't go very far. Um, because then people just say, okay, well, maybe I just don't understand it. Or maybe you're just better at speaking about these things, but what does matter? Some of those same people, when I would invite them over to my house and be with them, when they're going through tough times, they, they understood that I cared. And that's what you're talking about. That love It's that perspective that winning a debate doesn't change anything. But but caring for people, winning the hearts and minds of people by showing them the love of Christ—that is immensely powerful. You know, it's the old adage that we've heard so many times. Pastor Rick says that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. And um, and so I think it's it's taking that mindset. And and for me, look, I'm I, I'm a competitive guy. <laughs> Everybody who knows me knows like I hate to lose. And and I gotta I gotta change my mindset. I had to do this to understand it's not about winning the debate. It's about winning by showing the most love. How am I going to care for people? That's what my goal is. That's what my win in a conversation is. Now, um, I I would say when it comes to engaging with others, the other part would be um, do a fair amount of research. For me, I enjoyed this growing up. I I love science and I love studying it. But I've found that many people get, I think, nervous or um, or worried in these conversations because they feel like they're the one who doesn't know enough, and so they have to just submit, and say, "Okay, I, I got to get out of this conversation." So, for your own sake, it's good to um, it, it's good to do some, like you said, research with others to understand. Okay, well, what what did what do scientists say? There's a there's a lot out there that even supports some what the Bible says, and so to have that understanding. I can go into a conversation and not feel nervous about somebody that are going to beat me down. I don't use that to try and make people feel bad, but I can stand there with confidence and say, okay, I, I get where you're coming from. Um, and I have a different um, understanding of it and and for, for anybody to be able to have that confidence, um, and, and comfort, I think is really helpful. And that comes through just doing, um, if you're in conversations with people, do some of that research. I think it's a really good a piece of advice that you gave Jason.
1: Anything that you wanted to add, Brandon, before we do
0: doables? You know, I was thinking, um, I was thinking about George Washington Carver, um, and this this is a little story. His words, he says he he prayed and asked God, teach me about the universe. And he said, God said, it's too vast for you to understand. So he comes back and says, okay, teach me about the earth. And he said, it's still too vast for you to understand. Start smaller. He says, okay. So he starts with the peanut. Um, And from, it's a guy's not a peanut farmer, he's a scientist. And from the peanut, he ends up creating over 300, breaks it down, creates over 300 different uses for it. From things like as crazy as lotion to rubber. um, But I think most importantly, peanut butter or peanut paste, which is now used across the world as the base of malnutrition packs that fight malnutrition throughout the world today, long after George Washington Carver has died and we enjoyed on peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, which is cool. But I think it's even cooler that it can fight malnutrition across the world. And I think that is a great example of how to use science, Um, that you can start with something as small and seemingly not important as a peanut, Um, something that's grown across the world, it's super simple to grow and come up with over 300 uses primarily one of which helps fight hunger and malnutrition across the world. And I just, I don't know, I was thinking about that story and I thought that's a great way to um, to be humble and to, and to use science and the truth and the knowledge that is available to us.
1: So we end every episode with a section of doables. And today they're all science related. We just want to point you to a few resources that we'll link in the show notes too the first is foundations we've talked about it numerous times on this podcast but you can check out the the creation section in particular and we will link those two um sessions in the show notes it gives a great look um at some of the aspects of science as it relates to the bible as well Um, also Check out Elise Strobel's book, The Case for a Creator. He has a whole series of The Case for books, and one of them is The Case for a Creator, uh, where he digs deep in looking at the scientific evidence um, for God and and for Scripture. And then check out, it's uh, it's a podcast, and it's um, a book, and it's a whole website. It's a whole ministry, really, called Reasonable Faith that's um, run by William Lane Craig, and he is, is one of these guys I was talking about who debates a lot on the Christian side of things. And I will tell you, reading his book is very hard. Um, it's, <laughs> there's a smart lot guy. of science in there. <laughs> He's a very, very smart guy, but if it's something that you're interested in really diving in the deep end, um, look into his content, we'll put his website and stuff up on, up on the page too. He, he, actually spoke at out back a number of years ago. And, uh, Super, super smart guy and really gives you confidence that, okay, I don't have to be afraid of all the scientific questions because he's not, he's confident (laughs) and it gives me some confidence too. Um, So, Hattosh, was there
2: anything else you wanted to add in this section? Yeah, those are such good doables. I love it. Um, You know, I I, I do have one website that I really love is uh, ICR.org, Institute for Creation Research um it's su- such great stuff they've put some videos together that are actually easy to understand as well um but it's all scientists uh christian scientists who um who have done a lot of research and they they take common things that are coming up and they address it so really um really helpful there and and i if i can i'm going to suggest another doable which would be uh, to find somebody that you disagree with on this or maybe they disagree with you however you want to look at it mm-hmm. um and have a conversation with them but go in with the mindset and the goal to learn and to love not to prove anything to them not to not to show that you're right but just to learn and you might feel like well that means they're just going to tell me everything that they believe and tell me that i'm wrong well just go and learn what they believe learn how they approach it and just love them and and just let them know if they're saying, well, what do you believe? So, well, I'm just, I just want to learn. Like, this is great. Thanks for sharing this with me. I'm I'm really appreciating you taking the time for some of us. That's a really, really difficult thing to do. So I'm going to give that doable if I'm allowed to just to go have a conversation with somebody that disagrees, a conversation, not (laughs) a debate. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Let them be the teacher. And by the way, when people are told that you're learning from them, they open up and they share and, and, Guess what? You will learn something, and that's really cool.
1: Yeah. Uh very cool. Well, uh, thank you, Tosh, for your time and for being here and for sharing all your wisdom in this. Uh, we yes, really thank appreciate you. it. It's um, been a pleasure. We have one more episode in this series that'll come out next week on um is Jesus really the only way? Dum bum bum. Yes. Uh so we will see you guys uh next Tuesday. We love you guys.